0: Hey guys, what's going on? Happy November. We got through giving day, that was great. And now we're in the heart of Thanksgiving season, gearing up for for turkey time. I'm thankful to have our next guest, Anna DiTomaso. She was a 2011 graduate of Campbell. She played four years on the women's soccer team as a goalkeeper. And then in 2020, she had various jobs working and still does, but launched this website called baseballbucketlist.com. It's a neat adventure. And what it describes really is, and I'm going to read the definition from the website, a buckethead is an enthusiastic devotee of baseball who has a bucket list of baseball-related items. Their goal is to check off as many items as possible. So with Anna, we talk about her interest in the sport of baseball, where she's been, the different places she's traveled and experienced, and where this website comes from, what the community's like, and... What, what have you learned meeting all these great people who love baseball and are sharing their stories about bucket list items? We then, of course, talk about our bucket list of some of the best places in minor league and professional baseball to enjoy the game, including a little tidbit about the Bowie's Creek Astros. That's right. Campbell University in 2016 and 17, they hosted a minor league baseball team, the Astros affiliate. So we dive into a little Bowie's Creek history and Anna's history at Campbell and the sport of baseball, which we both love. So this will be a neat conversation on Rhymes with Orange. So, Anna, first and foremost, what made you interested in baseball? Why did you fall in love with the sport of baseball?
1: Man, that's a great question. You know, I kind of grew up as a fan of the Texas Rangers, grew up in the the Dallas area in the, the early 90s, and this was a time where the Rangers were – Really good. They had players like Pud Rodriguez and Rusty Greer and Juan Gonzalez and Rafael Palmero. They never did much with that, you know, no real postseason adventures there. Well, but... that's the New York Yankees' fault. Yeah, exactly. You got it. And the um the Oakland A's back at that time were very good too. So um yeah, I just I grew up going to the ballpark, you know. That was our family outing. I guess it was kind of cheap and easy to get to and a good time. And so as I got a little older, I kind of got away from the game. You know, I as you get older, as you kind of focus on playing a sport, that's it kind of takes up all your time. So um, I started paying a lot more attention to soccer. And as I was at Campbell, actually, my dad picked up a mini-season ticket package to the Tampa Bay Rays because the family had moved to the Tampa Bay area. And that was where I just kind of got back into it, started going to those games with him and it just never let me go since then. So I've been just a rabid Rays fan since 2008, really.
0: Well, you picked a great time to start with that David Price run. And then even in the last decade with some of the Sabre metrics and basically they've become, and I realize they don't get the greatest attendance in the world, but a really neat baseball team just to follow in general.
1: Yeah, definitely. And when my dad told me that he had picked up that season ticket package, I was like, okay, you know, in 2007, they were the worst team in the in, in the AL East, potentially all of baseball. And so I kind of thought to myself, you know, this won't be super fun. But yeah, I mean, they turned on the Jets. They They really went worst to first and made that storied World Series run.
0: I want to dive into your Campbell soccer career because you buried that in your description, right? So (laughs) you were a goalkeeper at Campbell university. Ekes athletics complex is a place you know very well. It looks a lot different than when you were there, but at least, you know, in terms of being on campus, what was the best part of being a collegiate athlete?
1: I think the easiest answer for that for me is the relationships that I made along the way, you know? girls that I still keep, keep in touch with. Um, even those I don't, I know that if either one of us were to reach out to the other at any given time, it'd be so easy to just kind of pick up where you left off. And as a collegiate athlete, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of time commitment. You kind of go through some struggles together and that's just a bonding experience that it's, it's not really easy to replicate anywhere else. So I definitely am thankful for all four of those years and all of the girls I got to meet along the way.
0: What I always enjoy, too, is, is looking up, OK, hey, when did someone play who was around their era? And the goalkeeper who followed you is now head coach Samara Zem, who led Campbell and then now is at Villanova and has traveled the world. So it's kind of neat to see that lineage of goalkeepers over the years.
1: I think Samar was actually older than me. I think she graduated the year before I got there, but um, Oh,
0: you preceded her. That's right. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. I knew I know I know Samar well. Um and yeah, she she was at Campbell recently and now at, at Villanova. And um, you know, I got to spend some time with her when she was in Brevard mm-hmm. while I was at Campbell. So yeah, um, I love Samar. So that was really cool to see her come back to the creek as the in the role of a coach was so happy for her and of course for her continued success as well. I mean, amazing.
0: It you mentioned being a student athlete, and that's so neat and impactful. But for those who may not have known what life was like at Campbell 10, 15 years ago, how would you describe your your Campbell experience?
1: That's a great question. I loved Campbell, you know, as as an athlete, the the college kind of choosing process, I guess, is is a little different. So in junior and senior year, you kind of you start looking as to where you want to go. And so I went on several visits across the country to different schools. And for some reason, Campbell just kind of stood up, stood out above other places to me. And the reason for that's kind of hard to explain. But I think what really captured me was it just instantaneously felt like home. So it's got kind of like a a small town vibe to it and everybody was just so hospitable. Um, so I, I loved it from the get-go and it it made the choice very easy for me. And, you know, obviously there's a big time commitment when you're playing sports. Campbell did a great job of making sure that we had all the resources we needed. The first year I was there, we were in the uh, Carter gymnasium still right. in the weight room, which is the size of like the room I'm sitting in right now. Um, But then, of course, the the convocation center went up and that weight room was like way, way better. Um, So it was just really cool to kind of see the progression of the facilities and kind of the commitment that Campbell has to providing student athletes the the best shot at at being a great athlete and a great student.
0: You'll love this now. Carter Gym is the home of intramural sports and the amount of like fun activities and you know, kickball and <laughs> wiffle ball and indoor soccer and all the random stuff that goes on there. So it's, it's lived well in your post career.
1: Excellent. Yeah. I was only there for one year. And so, um, yeah, that was a huge, a huge change. And now I, I think there's actually an additional weight room, you know, beyond even what I was used to using it. Uh, uh, what is it? Pope is it Pope convocation center.
0: Yeah. Yep. In the, in the basketball arena there, they have a a nice weight room and then even now in the student union which the pictures are amazing We have to look at those but they've built a 1000 square foot gym with fitness racks and, and all that stuff for the students.
1: Yeah, that's wild.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um Anna so you you graduate, you know, you start your career, you're you're working in in graphic design and websites and and social media and all these different things and then covid hits and we all go well, what the heck do we do with our lives, right? And and here you are in the fall and you come up with this idea. So give me a sense of how you you get the idea of baseball bucket list and, and where it sort of came from.
1: Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. It's it's thanks to COVID that the thing exists in the first place. But I want to go back a little further to start the story. That summer between my freshman and sophomore year while I was at Campbell, you know, my dad had had the, the Rays tickets and we were having such a great time doing that that we decided we were going to take a trip. To the east coast to visit five different ballparks and so we did that it was about a two-week trip and it was literally the best time I think I've ever had with my dad and we kind of looked at each other on the last leg of that trip and I said dad you know I think I would like to do this for all 30 ballparks and he said yeah that sounds like a, a pretty good idea so at that time you know kind of wild and crazy in life and not a lot of time but put that idea in the back in my back pocket and uh, bought a domain name a couple years later and then just got busy with life and so nothing happened but 2020 all of a sudden all the time in the world so built the website out um, kind of started growing the community and you know which was kind of strange because it was a time where obviously there was no baseball to go to no doubt (laughs) but uh yeah that's how it got its start and so um it's a community of baseball fans online where they can build a baseball bucket list check items off pin ballparks that they've been to and kind of connect with other people who are just as crazy (laughs)
0: I'm, I'm glad you you launched this site because one, I, I played college baseball at the junior college ranks So I immediately connected to it. And then two, I had to think, okay, what is my bucket list? You know, right? Because I'm talking to someone who is organizing these groups and has these chats, like what's on mine. So I, I've been to Fenway Park and I sat in the outfield seats in a Yankees Red Sox series. So that was, you know, right up there at the top. Um, I grew up in Los Angeles. So getting those ice cream cones at Dodger Stadium and the helmets. And, and that ice cream sits, you know, it takes you two innings to eat it. I was like, I know those are up there. I've been to Petco Park and I've sat in the hotel out in left field like that. That's kind of up there. What what for you stands out as, as some of your favorite baseball, you know, bucket list items?
1: Yeah, this has been the best part of of the site. And then, you know, we created a podcast that kind of it, it launches weekly. And that's one of the questions I ask at the end of every show is what's left to check off on your baseball bucket list? And. When I started, I kind of had this, you really only know what you know. And so my perception of baseball was really major leagues. And of course, the, the Durham Bulls, who I spent a lot of time with, you know, while I was at Campbell, but I got, I've i have heard so many more adventures outside of major leagues. So you've got minor leagues, you've got indie ball, you've got international baseball. So people who have gone over to Japan, NPB baseball, KBO baseball, um, the the coolest thing I've heard is something called the Alaska Midnight Sun game. Oh. And that, yeah, it's played every summer on the solstice, so the longest day of summer, which, of course, in Alaska, up in Fairbanks, you know, there's hardly ever darkness. So they start a baseball game at 10 o'clock at night, <laughs> and they play it without lights. So it's uh, it's pretty incredible. I think it's, it's probably probably like a once in a lifetime opportunity to, to see a baseball game played at night without lights. So um, I'm actually going to be able to do that next summer. And so really looking forward to checking that one off.
0: Oh my gosh. I've heard of those Alaskan summer leagues, like the collegiate leagues and whatnot. And
1: exactly to, to see right.
0: that in person, that that seems incredible because you're right. Who would have thought at 11 PM at night because of where Alaska is located in the months of the summer, you could literally play all night. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. And again, something I had literally never heard of until a guest on the show was talking about their experience there. And I was like, wait, what? Back up. You know, tell me what's going on here. And I've got to make it happen. So
0: I'm curious if any of your guests or any people involved with this have ever talked about the Bowie's Creek Astros and the brief two year stint down on campus.
1: No, I have not heard that from a guest. I do know that my dad sent me the, um, newspaper article kind of detailing that whole thing. So I thought that was pretty cool, but uh, no, I, you know, I think it's a kind of folklore or, or lesser known facts and in, in the community that I'm a part of.
0: Well, I'll add the first story to it then. So yeah. this was 2016 and 17. I just started working at Campbell about a year and, and, you know, Campbell's baseball field was nice at the time, but it didn't have the resources and the budget and all that. And the Astros said, hey, we can help pay for X if you help pay for Y. So a new video board goes in and the Astros helped fund a new turf field. Those go hand in hand with this brand new ballpark. And it had a thousand seats and it was nice and upgraded. But the best part of the whole process was Kyle Tucker played there for about four months before he got promoted and now is an all-star at the big leagues. He would go to the Chick-fil-A on campus every single day. And his pregame meal was the same chick And you just see him walking across you know, Kivit and walking across Jay Campbell with a Chick-fil-A sandwich. And, you know, now five years later, he's a world champ and an all-star.
1: Incredible. Yeah. So Chick-fil-A must be the secret sauce in terms of, you know, go-ahead home runs in the World Series.
0: I would sure hope. It was neat. I mean, the Frambois Valdez played there for a minute and um, Miles Straw, who's been traded a few times, but he he was on that team. So it's neat looking at the A-ball roster, like you always mention, and how they can develop and, and get to that point in a few years.
1: Yeah. And, and Bowie's Creek does have a rich heritage of, of baseball. You know, that's something that I, I grew to, to know about the school and love about the school. And, um, I always enjoy kind of watching the, the kids who come up, you know, Zach Nito, what a, what a huge thing for, for Campbell. And so love seeing stuff like that. Um, Ryan Thompson, a, a relief pitcher for my Tampa Bay Rays. a a CU grad. And then of course, um, Cedric Mullins, I think spent some time down there in the Creek before he went off to Baltimore. So I always keep my eye on the camels. It's, um, you know, proud to be a camel and, and fun to watch what, what they're doing up there.
0: I will make sure to tell Justin hair, all of this, or when he listens, he can send you a hat or some type of swag. So you can add it to your collection (laughs) of hats in your office and everything. Nice. (laughs) It's, it's neat. You mentioned Ryan Thompson, because, one with your Rays connection, but then two, he throws the craziest sidearm angle I've ever seen and pitch ninja picks it up all the time. But some of the things he can do with a baseball, you just sit back and go, wow, I, I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah. It's, it's wild. And it was, it was very cool because, you know, I live in Dallas in the Dallas area now. And of course the Rays made that, that 2020 world series run. They ultimately, ultimately lost to the Dodgers of course, but, you know my dad and i were able to go to a world series game here in arlington and see ryan thompson pitch in the world series and um that was that was pretty cool
0: and i am curious because we dive into the minor league stuff right and with the north carolina tradition and, and rich history of minor league baseball i mean the durham bulls kind of stand alone with that but there's so much more to it what what have you learned because as a student athlete and as a player at campbell you, you see parts of it. You, you go to these different campuses and you see stuff, but when you're diving into like North and South Carolina, minor league baseball, what have you learned over the years?
1: I think the, the Carolinas is kind of, it's described as kind of the Mecca of of baseball, specifically minor league baseball. Of course, no major league teams are are kind of within spitting distance outside of Baltimore and Atlanta there, which I think most folks in that area are Braves fans, but I, couldn't believe the sheer number of teams that call the Carolinas home and um, some great storied teams there. Like you mentioned the Durham Bulls, of course. And um, as some of these new kind of crazier minor league identities are coming out, there's so many fun things. You've got the Asheville Taurus, you've got the Kannapolis Cannonballers, which is um, a phenomenal name. And just you know, I own merchandise from so many of these teams, but have yet to be out at the ballparks, and so um, really looking forward to to getting back out to the Carolinas, taking a nice trip around a bunch of those those ballparks, and then of course finding my way home to the Creek. So, um, yeah, it's just if, for those of you who live in the Carolinas, you don't really realize how lucky you are um, with all the great baseball available to you.
0: And you know this best, but I always describe to people like it's the the nuances of these parks, the different food you can eat, the let's be honest, the mascots that walk on the dugouts, you know, all that stuff you don't necessarily see as much in the major leagues, but you get it at a ten fifteen dollars price. you You just get the neat experience of baseball at kind of that local level, too,
1: that's a hundred percent correct. And that's that's what I always say is, You know, the the major league teams, they don't need the communities per se. They've got all these corporate sponsors, huge corporate sponsorships. They've got the TV money. They've got the major league baseball money. Minor league teams, independent league teams, they are a linchpin in their community. And you see it with the way that they do food drives or they're the first to step up when the community needs something. And they've got those local ties. They've got that local hospitality, the local fair. Um, it's a great microcosm of the community they're situated in. And that is absolutely one of the best, best parts of minor league baseball. So if you're, if you're traveling and you want to see a city in its truest form, go find a minor league ballpark.
0: And I'm curious when the spring comes around, right. And and I know there's independent ball and you can go to Australia and watch baseball this, this fall, but when the spring really kicks into gear, where, where are you hoping to head to for the upcoming season?
1: Yeah, I have not been out to the Cactus League, so I've done spring training in Florida, obviously super easy while I was living there, but I have not been out to Arizona, and that is something that I, I really want to do, to go get out there and kind of see that that half of the the spring training, but I don't know if it'll be this year, but we'll see.
0: You're right, though. The best part about the Arizona spring, I grew up in Los Angeles, so I'm a bit spoiled with that location, but... You could drive to all the parks in one day. I mean, they were all so interconnected into Phoenix. You felt like you could pop around the state in five minutes.
1: Yeah, that's what I've heard is is you get one hotel and then you stay there the whole time and you can see everything you want to see as opposed to Florida. It's obviously a bit more disconnected. So I think that was the way they set that up was, was pretty wise.
0: When we talk about minor league sports and you mentioned some of the Campbell players that are either professional or rising up the minor leagues, what does it mean to you now uh, to see Campbell's name out there, just as an alum and someone who played sports as a soccer player, like you mentioned, and been with the school for a long time, and just to hear about the university itself growing in, in your ten years?
1: I love it. I think it's um, it's it makes me proud to be you know a camel. I it used to be that when I told people where I went or something like that, they'd they'd say where what you know who fighting camels what and now now I mentioned Campbell and they're like oh the fighting camels I have a hat or I have a shirt and um I think it's I think it's amazing I think it's incredible I think it's it's very humbling to have played a very 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 minor role in kind of that um growth so I mean I was I was at Campbell in the, the early stages of kind of the expansion that it's in now. We played in the Atlantic Sun Conference. You guys are now Big South. So um, I love it. I always keep an eye on it and um, can't wait to get back there. So it's incredibly, I'm incredibly proud anytime somebody asks me where I went to school.
0: I love to hear that. And it it was neat reading about your blog too and about some of the stuff you're doing online. Cause you know, we, I follow the Twitter account and boom, you, you tagged Campbell up and something. I was like, Hey, this is perfect. Someone who has an interest in, in kind of sports and seeing the world. And it was nice to get, you to know, you Anna, cause you know, you see names on a box score and a, in a website, but to actually get to meet you and have the Campbell community learn about you, I think that's awesome for everybody.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I really enjoyed getting to, to chat with you too. So, um, yeah. You got to reach out to Sky Dylan. He's um, he'd be a great guest for the show. He's um, had some great success in minor league marks and um, some, some really cool stories there.
0: That podcast was great. You're right. And then remember baseball bucket list for your website. So I'll, I'll, I'll put the link out there. People can find it, but thanks for jumping on Anna. We appreciate it. Thank
1: you, Evan.